Hey guys, and welcome to the new episode of Automated Seller Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, Yoni, a co-founder of Getida. Hey Yoni, how are you? You're good. Good to be here, Jacob. Thank you uh, for having me. Thanks for being here. I know we've met at the Israel at Tel Aviv conference and uh, yeah, I actually saw you guys uh, there. I saw you also the Prosper show pretty much on every conference. I, I see your logo and uh, it's just crazy that you, you can be a, a, a guest here on this podcast. So really congrats. I know that you are chief uh, growth officer of Getida and I can just tell that you are doing great <laughs> your job. So um, perfect. Uh, so Yoni, uh, I would love to start basically with um, some of your backstory. Like uh, I know you co-founded Getida. We'll get to the Getida in a moment. But what actually brought you to the Amazon at the first place, to the community, and so on? Like how did you start your journey? So yeah, so I guess there's two journeys, right? So when you say Amazon, you pretty much mean e-commerce. So I guess my first journey was into e-commerce, and within my journey in e-commerce, I you know I uh, I uh, eventually reached into uh, Amazon. I would say that the early, early start with Amazon, uh, let's, let's start with e-commerce. I used to work for a company. We used to do sales and distribution for a supplements company. And um, we, this was already 2009, 2010. We simply had a website. Where we were selling uh, uh, the products there. And then um, we're also selling to Amazon. I think we all, I, then I wanted to kind of expand the online sales. I also did, I, I listed the products on Amazon third party, but also I listed on eBay and then uh, that was kind of the, the, the dabbling that I had with uh, e-commerce and, and selling uh, on other platforms. And also when I was in college, I used to buy books from Amazon. And also you had two options to get your money back with books, either do a trade-in. So, or the other option was to sell your um, book on Amazon. So I realized that if you sell your book on Amazon, you get more money. So for example, if I would sell the book, I would get $80. But if I do trade-in, I'll get only like $20. So that was a lot of money. That was that difference was a lot for me back then. So I decided to kind of sell the book on Amazon, which gave me a very early experience on you know how to use the platform. And then um, over the years, what happened was so this is how we got into e-commerce and also into Amazon. You want me to kind of continue? Yeah, sure. The journey? sure. I, yeah? I'm really I'm really curious. Like those are the best stories because I mean everyone see the success, but then the people don't realize what's behind that. So I, I'm really curious. So again. When exactly you listed those products? That was 2000, uh... 2009, 2010. That was my early dabbling wow. in, in e-commerce and, and also Amazon. Crazy. Um, That's yeah. super early. <laughs> yeah, but our focus was, you know, mainly retail, like brick and mortar retail. And then online was kind of uh, in the background because it's, uh, you know, you have to have a website. You have to kind of offer it. And, you know, maybe maybe some days will, you know, will be a big business. Um, that was kind of the mindset of, of those days. And mm -hmm. uh, what happened was... Um, you know, I'm Jewish and, 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 and I'm Orthodox, so I keep the Sabbath. Uh, so I in the synagogue, I met uh, a very interesting uh, fellow, you know, uh, and his name is Max Born. Today, he's my partner. You know, we've we're, we're, uh, been partners for over 10 years. And I was doing the sales and distribution uh, for a supplements company, and he was doing accounting for a furniture company. But, you know, we're, you know, we're getting uh, pretty friendly, and we both had uh, this entrepreneurial uh, spirit and, and bugging us and we constantly identify that you know Am i mean e-commerce and, and i guess also amazon it has a lot of potential there's a lot of momentum there so on the side we started selling things you know whatever we can get our hands on it was mainly actually on ebay and then uh in 2013 we started selling on amazon and then the the business grew very very quickly uh once once we really hit amazon it was mm -hmm. like a volcano erupted so the business grew really quickly from zero to 20 million in, in annual sales uh, mainly in FBA sales. 
And then we became a part of a larger group that together as a group we're doing about a hundred million in revenue. And what happened was that, you know, we were heavily uh, reliant on FBA on Amazon's fulfillment services. Mm -hmm. um, so, and we had so much data to process, uh, so many transactions to reconcile. Um, we're not able to use Excel spreadsheets anymore. Yeah. They were constantly breaking. Um, so that kind of pushed us to do two things. First thing was to create technology to constantly audit and reconcile all the transactions that we have on FBA and try to identify, you know, of course, if any of the inventory gets lost, damaged, destroyed, disappeared, disposed, overcharged with fees, you have a whole laundry list of things you kind of look in, into yeah. with a massive amount of data. So once again, making sure that we have a good technology that can audit and, and handle this at scale was the first component. The second component was to service the issue, meaning once we have discovered the problem, we have to open a case with Amazon. We got to manage all the back and forth and solve it. So yeah, create technology. That's, that's and create that a process. So. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> first to create a technology. Second, create a dedicated team to just solve this issue. So we had to solve this issue for us and we did. And that's how we created this, this solution. Uh, and it worked pretty well. And what happened was we told our friends from the industry, we have these capabilities. Um, um, they told us, help us, we'll pay you. And that was the early beginning of Getita back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, uh, Getita grew uh, organically because the value proposition was very simple. It's performance-based. So if we don't get any value back to you, meaning we don't get you any reimbursements or refunds, we don't make anything. So uh, so with this model, it just grew for three, four years, uh, word of mouth. We didn't really do any conferences, mm -hmm. marketing, or anything like that. But uh, a few years in, we kind of uh, we were in a junction where we had two good businesses, but we did, we we realized that with Getita, we, there's an opportunity to really help sell us yeah. all over the world. That's how I met you also. I met you around the world, right? Every, everywhere I go, you go. So uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then so what we did was we decided to cash out of retail and take all the money that we kind of made and reinvest it into Getita. So once our our, our motivation, energy, uh, focus, and attention was in one place. That's when I, I would say we kind of took leadership on the niche. So today we're the largest organization in the world exclusively focused on one thing, which is the Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements. We have a global team of over 210 people in about 10 countries. And yeah, that's kind of the story, how we got into e-commerce, awesome. Amazon, and yeah. I guess Getita. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I really love that you actually built first the solution just for your own case. Uh, you are using it and then you expand it this way. I mean, we really see a similar case when we build um, custom tools for some sellers. Like they come to us, they first they have their own, like let's say way of running the businesses, especially like lately we've been one system, Acorn system for ar arbitrage sellers. And they, they came to us with like 15 different Google spreadsheets um, with different processes, different like Google scripts. And they said, hey, we need this one tool which will uh, streamline the whole thing. We've built that. Now they grew so fast that they had to hire more people. And now they are actually reselling the software to other people and helping other sellers. So I, I really love this path because you just don't build something if, from sake of having an idea, but just literally solving some issue and then um, helping others. So I love that. And also the yeah, way so that our, you Our grew. luck was that we had to kind of uh, build this uh, at scale. Meaning mm -hmm. if we were built this uh, at, a, at a smaller scale, I'm not sure we would have that capability to, to grow outside uh, uh, so, I guess, efficiently and um, um, powerfully. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'll say this. What's interesting about is, you know, in the past few weeks, I guess it's daunting on me or um, I come to a realization where anything you develop in software is really like giving birth. It's like giving a life. You're constantly going to have to nourish it, uh, especially if it's successful, right? It's just going to yep. grow, 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 and it catches catch its own dimension. So if you're watching this or listening to this, just know that anything you need to solve and you're going to have to build something for it in, in terms of technology, 
get ready for an adventure. It's just going to be an adventure and make sure you have the right team or, or, or software partner, whatever it is, because it's just life. So make sure with, with oh, anything yeah. in the club, you want to make sure it has the right structure and the right path and the right environment. Um, so get ready. Totally. And I, I really wonder what was the path of, of, of the Getida software itself. I mean, to the point where are you right now, I believe you came through a lot of iterations of that, right? It, it was not like perfect from the, from scratch. It definitely had some issues. So if you could tell a little bit more about this, uh, especially right now, if you're helping so many sellers, uh, it really need to be a robust solution. So that's the early, early, early days. Um, I remember I was just doing it myself manually. So I remember I, uh, uh I went to, uh, what happened was we got very lucky. A lot of our uh, uh, warehouse and fulfillment team, uh, a few of them actually, uh, they were uh, uh, students, college students, and they were learning computer science. So they're basically developers. Yeah. So I, I sat down with them and said, hey, you guys are developers. You look pretty smart. Look what I'm doing. Uh, and it's very hard for me to do it all the time. It just, you know, and, and so much data going on and the spreadsheets are crashing. What can you help me build to, to, to make it a bit more efficient or, or, or more streamlined? Exactly like what you said earlier, Jacob. She said, okay, we, we can figure something out. So they did. So the first iteration was pretty crass. It was just kind of download the data. Don't even open it. Just feed it to this machine. This, uh, mm -hmm. this I remember it was a small box. It just feed it in. And all of a sudden, boom, it just does all uh, on the back end with uh, MySQL and, and JavaScript, all these scripts that we had in the background, which were much more powerful than this Excel, Excel spreadsheet. We're able to kind of, boom, spit out the, the data that we needed. And that was the first iteration. And then... I mean, it's like saying, you know, when a baby was born, how much, how much, how many times you have to breast milk, you know, you have to give it the breast milk or, or any milk, right? How many times you have to clean it? You have to debug it. I mean, it's just endless. So that was kind of early beginning. And where we are today, um, I mean, we have lots of algorithms built in. We have some patterns that we wrote, uh, utility patterns, not design patterns on the software, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And today we actually have a, a platform. So... Just to, to make it simple, when you sign up to Getita, uh, we're going to do everything that we can to kind of uh, get you all the refunds that we can. But uh, if you log into our platform, we have two modules that if you, that if you use them, we're going to get you even more refunds, additional refunds. So that's obviously innovation. Plus on the dashboard itself, you get real-time visibility to what we're doing. And we actually won the Gold Award from the American Business Awards for this dashboard because behind the scenes is a whole army that's working for you. But mm -hmm. all that work is translated in real time to a dashboard. So you can always log in and see what's going on. We take it for you granted. Mean like but the, the actual people work on, on yeah, the on cases that we open. It, it's what's not the just a software. No, no. So yeah, I just want to kind of uh, sharpen the, the, the tool here mm -hmm. or the, the, the understanding. Getita, we're not a software and we're not a tool. We're a solution. As a solution, we use software and tools, but we service it ourselves. We provide the service. So together that creates a solution. The solution is maximum reimbursements. Our mission is to make sure that Amazon FBA sellers get the maximum FBA reimbursements that they're eligible to receive. Uh, so we can do it all for you or we're very customizable. You want us to do some of it for you, uh, we can do it. Say this and this I know, everything else I don't know how to, uh, how to do, we can do it. So all these capabilities of customization and, and just ability to do everything, that is all layered on technology. And, and so if each type of claim has its own different code, its own different algorithm, its own different understanding and its own different workflow and handling. Mm -hmm. um, so, so once again, so and all that is translated to a dashboard in real time. So you can see the cases that we're opening. What's the status of each case? Did it get paid? Did it get rejected? Is it still pending? How much money we recovered in the past thirty days, sixty days, ninety days? So we created this environment for this issue. That never that's, that environment awesome. ne ne was never yeah was never created before for this type of issue. It's all new because you know we're not in a, an old industry. It's a brand new industry that you know we're inventing ourselves as we go along. So today it's kind of standard in our niche that 
of course, you need to have a dashboard. If you don't have a dashboard, you're not even a player in the field. <laughs> so oh, yeah. when you came in and we kind of created standards, and now, like I said, we're in a kind of, a, uh, you know, historically in a little bit of a leadership position. So we kind of are trying to uh, create innovation uh, with the all technologically based that eventually become kind of benchmarks. Because that's mm -hmm. the way we see it. We see that, you know, this change needs to be, this needs to be evolved. We have to put this addition or this rollout and this feature. And we do it and we get a, you know, we get a um, good interaction, good, good results. And then later on, we kind of see the industry kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, back into that. So that's kind of what we kind of know that, you know, by having others uh, um, trying to bridge the gap, that always indicates us, okay, we're probably kind of uh, innovating something, but it's all through technology. It's all through R&D. Oh, yeah. uh, and from the early beginning, when we had a little bit of software, you feed it to all of this, that's, that's a lot of mileage. Totally. And now I wonder, actually, especially in this era of AI, I mean, AI, of course, was always with us, but recently it's booming. And I really wonder if on your roadmap right now, you are actually using it a lot to also automate, especially the part of like, um, like once you, um, how to say, file the case to Amazon, right? And you have to kind of get in touch with them. Do you do it all um, manually right now through the customer support or you already started to, to use and leverage the AI? So we, we do it all manually. So all the cases that have been opening and managed, they're all managed manually, uh, much mm -hmm. like Amazon. On the Amazon, it's Amazon's, you know, putting humans there to, to kind of handle the cases. But so, you know, sometimes I don't think they are humans, but... <laughs> No, they definitely are. I tell you why, how I know because a big part of uh, our employees, our former Amazon employees, who worked in those oh, departments. Nice. So they're definitely mm -hmm. human, and and a lot of them, uh, uh, I'm proud to say, they're in our team. So, mm -hmm. um, so they bring a lot from that experience and that know-how and that interaction and, and yeah. that whole um, lingo, the language that they, they speak and understand. So, it's called the FBA reimbursements team. Uh, so a big part of our team are our former employees in those departments. So they're definitely human and people. Uh, but uh, what we learned very, very quickly is that these people are capable of, 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 uh, of providing tremendous uh, output. And the, the main reason is because they're, they're dealing with software. All their workflow is streamlined by software and algorithms and, and AI. Mm -hmm. uh, that's in that, that, so when they get a case in, it's, uh, it's, they get it. They have to give the human touch. But the AI or the, the system will tell already what it thinks needs to be done. Mm -hmm. It gives you the direction. So, and then you can say, okay, I, I kind of agree. And, and then you have a, 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 an answer that you know what to answer. Or you say, no, no, this is unusual. Let me kind of look into that and, and provide a different type of, um, you know, uh, uh, a direction. That's what on mm -hmm. Amazon side. So we learned that over the years that that's, that's kind of going on. So we pretty much created uh, the environment necessary for us to also be able to have good talent and people understand what's going on. And they're mm -hmm. like the pilots. But everything around, it's kind of, uh, it, it, it's built on technology and streamlined and also AI. So, you know, we all know that today the airplanes are really able to take off and then and fly and then land by themselves. But you always need to have that that pilot in. So oh, many yeah. times they'll, they'll still do it. So it's kind of built like us for us. So instead we have in the cockpit of every claim, there's a pilot that knows how to take care of everything. And, but of course, when it comes to submitting the case and, and also kind of uh, confirming it, it all, it all goes through humans. But all that volume that we get back from Amazon with all the responses, obviously the, the system and the AI, just like a human, reads it, tries to give it some sort of interpretation or understanding, and then recommend it to the human. So, it's, mm -hmm. you know, so we, we still leave the, the, the place for human intelligence because we believe that it's still vital because uh, yeah. Amazon is doing the same thing. So, and Amazon <laughs> has billions invested, invested into this. So we're pretty humble to say for our specific niche, uh, there's room for AI to help us. So one person can do a lot, a lot, a lot.
but still we need that human element that's, to touch. Yeah, still, you still need the person. Yeah, so this is it, in our little environment. That's that's where we are. That, that's exactly how we also leverage the the AI. We we, we treat it as assistance. We don't substitute human, but like just when you use a proper AI tools to solve problem issues, you can do just much more. So I 100% agree. Now I wonder, speaking of data, speaking on of of numbers, I, I believe that. I mean, your business model is like no brainer because if someone is, is losing money on Amazon, I believe that you just need to educate this person that, hey, just by working with us, we'll get your money back, right? Just by taking some percentage. So speaking of educating uh, sellers, like how much of the annual revenue are they losing and they are not aware of that? Just so they can understand how powerful uh, using Getida might be. Got it. So if you're watching this or listening to this and you're an Amazon FBA seller as opposed to FBM, Fulfilled by Merchant, you're an FBA, so Fulfilled by Amazon. So use Amazon's Fulfillment Centers. So the the uh, simple level of statistics is uh, uh, on an annual basis, the discrepancy rate can range between 1% to 3% from your revenue. So for example, if you're doing a million dollars a year on FBA, it could be that ten dollars to $30,000 of your revenue or your inventory had an issue that you need to kind of examine, reconcile, uh, claim and then get reimbursed for it. Okay, that's kind of the opportunity. Or if you're doing 100 million, one to three percent can be one to three million, and on and on it goes. So I guess also in other words is that for every 100 units you ship to Amazon's fulfillment centers, between one to three units is going to experience an issue throughout its lifetime with Amazon's uh, fulfillment center. So here I want to expand a little bit to give more context, mm -hmm. so uh, sellers understand what's going on here. So. <clears throat> I'm just going to give the first easy example, and then I'll give more complication by simplify it. So, uh, Jacob, you said you want to ship to Amazon 1,000 units. Amazon, instead of receiving 1,000 units in their warehouses, they only receive 190 units. It's up to you. The responsibility is up to you to the seller to first discover that, reconcile that, you know, and then provide all the necessary information. Open a case with Amazon and say, hey, please investigate and mm -hmm. go to work. So if they investigate and they find the missing 10 units, 10 units that's great. You can sell and make money. No harm done. If they cannot find it and it's deemed lost, they will compensate you. They'll provide you a reimbursement for that loss that it got missed in the inbound. And that is the entry level that most sellers can understand because all the FBA sellers send inventory to Amazon. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But now more com complex issues happen. So once the units are inside Amazon's fulfillment centers, <clears throat> all, of this, all of a sudden inside the centers, all of a sudden they get lost, damaged, destroyed disappeared overcharged with fees inside, but also between. Sometimes Amazon might shift your products from Kentucky to California to Nevada. Same issues happen. From the fulfillment centers to the consumers, when the orders come in, same issues so they, happen. They also make mistakes, although there's so much automation going on still in the warehouse yeah, itself. Yeah. When it comes to inventory and logistics, <clears throat> every time you move inventory from point A and point B and also store it somewhere, you constantly have to be on the lookout for it. You have to constantly see what's going on and track it. That's kind of what we do. But this explains the, the, the complication, but also, you know, just to complete the whole cycle, you know, uh, issues happen when you, Amazon sends this to the, the consumers, but also when the consumers send it back to Amazon with all the refunds and returns, also uh, many issues happen there. But also from the fulfillment centers back to you. So all these logistics friction points, that's when all these issues happen. And you, the seller's responsibility is up to you to constantly track that and monitor it. And once you find the discrepancy, uh, discrepancy report it to Amazon and they'll take care of you. So that's where, you know, so that's where we come as a solution. That's kind of where we I live mean, and die. It's not, in the, it's not in the business of Amazon to kind of even give you this information, right? I mean, they can provide you with all of the data, but I mean, you created the solution that make compl makes completely sense, right? But I mean, why would they provide you with such a solution if it's like you, they will have to give you back money, right? So 
No, I'll give it time. They created this amazing system of, of data mm-hmm. of visibility. The 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 challenge is that there's so many layers of complications that can take place, uh, mm-hmm. and so many variations. It, it it becomes a grind. It becomes a challenge to be able to do it, and especially do that scale. Yeah. You know, when you start to kind of uh, scale up, so. Um, that created uh, an environment for us to come in and provide help or an ter- uh, end-to-end solution or turnkey solution for sellers to, to resolve that. Uh, we, never, we, we were not born to do this. I mean, we're not born with this, but or, you know, over time, we're, you know, the market indicated to us that, that they need that help because uh, you know, early on, they told us, help us, we'll pay you, the, the early users. And over the time, they just constantly came to us and said, look what happened here, look what happened there. So it's, oh, this is something new. We never saw this before. Let's create a solution or a module or workflow for that. So we're constantly building our layers and intense and, 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 and depth of knowledge how to do more and more and provide more impact. That goes back to our mission. Our mission is that to make sure that sellers get the maximum that they're eligible to receive. And we do it by R&D, research and development, constantly listening to the problems of the sellers to learn new things, constantly resolve that. And then we can resolve for everybody because we have a network effect. We have a large user base. Uh, so put all together, that's kind of the complications in the world that we live in. And what's interesting is that a lot of I would say the world of Amazon sellers is split 50-50. Half, of, half, you know, half, uh, half of the sellers are not even aware that there's an issue they need to oh, solve yeah. it. <laughs> so hopefully this episode alone will That's raise their exactly attention. That's exactly why I, I believe like the purpose also of those episodes of you being everywhere is to teach Amazon sellers that there's a problem they should be aware of that. Yeah, yeah. If you look online, look on YouTube. I not only that way we explain to them or we bring it to their attention that there's an issue. We also educate them. There's tens of millions of dollars. Every year that sellers are getting back with refunds, we don't see a penny out of that because we just trained them, taught them. Here's how you do it yourself. Do the do the maximum. We can, we, we uh, uh, really support the fact that sellers can do the, the maximum they can do on their own. And if they ever want us to come in and back it up and then anything that they missed out and bring it back to them, we can do that. So uh, yeah. when you pay us, it's only for something that you would never have before. So it's always kind of a win-win proposition. Uh, so we do we start with education. First, know there's an issue. Here Here's how you solve it. And of course, if you ever want our help to, to do... Uh, all for you or some of it for you were available and most of them choose to 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 use it oh yeah because they realize I really, okay, I, yeah i really love your approach of, of like giving this value for free and then basically making sellers to to choose i mean this is exactly how how we also create our um let's say youtube channel like i've done youtube tutorials on selling partner api on almost every possible topic to the point that people every day go and thanks me for this like just even solving the simplest issue, how to connect to the SP API, something that Amazon through the documentation did such a bad job that no one can do it, right? So such a simple video, uh, but then of course, if the cases of integration are much complex, complex, if people want to build very robust, uh, complex solutions, they, they can always pick us, right? But it's not like, hey, you have to pay us to even watch something to learn it. No, all of the knowledge is there for free. Um, but then sellers can pick. And I think it's also one of the best ways of doing marketing nowadays. And uh, yeah, I call it, um, I, don't know, I don't know. So it's, it's, um, it's really education. It's education. Yeah. Once you're educated, you can make educated decisions. You can make really smart one, a good one. So we're, we're very into the fact that, you know, sellers that partner with us, they do because they're very well educated about it. They know exactly what it's worth, what it's all about. They're not just, you know, blindly. You know, I'm, I'm sure some of them are, but as much as we can over time to keep educating them because the issue constantly also evolves, right? So Amazon will introduce a new requirement. We're going to have to start educating our large right. user base about this requirement because we might need their participation in some degree. So uh, relationship, education, 
uh, 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 evolvement and dynamics is something that we are attentive to because this industry is hyper dynamic. It, it constantly moves, constantly changes. So oh, yeah. the early days, like we'll do everything for you. You don't have to really think about anything. But today, over you know, over the years, it, that dynamic has changed. It's really a partnership. It's it's um, it's a long term journey with the sellers that we. So by being uh, there digitally or as a solution, but also physically, uh, not only of course we it helps us with marketing and branding and to to, to get new. But a lot of the current ones, they still use us. We evolve together. We're listening yeah. to their issues. So for us, it's a definitely an interesting journey that it, I don't know if it's usual today or unusual, but if it's unusual, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm opening up the cards and advising, you know, software companies, technology company, or any solution provider to, to make sure that, okay, you get the customers, but think long-term about the journey, how you can create a real partnership and a real relationship with them and prepare yourself for the changes. Because I, I can all agree. It's, yeah. it's much better to grow with the client, uh, grow together. So that's also our approach when we build software. It's always like long term. It's not like you go to, for, to Upwork freelancer, solve one issue and that's it. You dis the, the freelancer disappears. We always are on, on a journey with a client. So yeah, a journey really is like important because I think I learned this back in college and it stuck with me for many years, uh, change. So the only thing that doesn't change is change. <laughs> very deep very simple but very deep so i like it yeah because of that just be prepared for the change uh, with you your team but of course your, your clients your customers the community the environment uh just be a part of it be sincere be authentic uh be useful and and you have probably you probably have a, a lot of work ahead of you for many many years and a lot of work means good things it's not a bad thing oh yeah oh yeah and now just to also um educate people maybe you could share some of like your best case studies of your clients who are using Getida and got some money back. So there's an interesting case that evolved. Once again, it goes back to the journey and relationship. So we had a client uh, uh, that uh, discovered that, you know, that over time, his 14% uh, from his uh, EBITDA, from his profits, were from reimbursements, which is pretty <laughs> impactful. Like, you know, because if, if, so if he wasn't doing it or maximizing it, he'll have much less profit. So that was an interesting, uh, you know, uh, a point of data. Of course, every year we're getting back to him uh, tens of thousands of dollars in reimbursements. So what happened was it came to a point where he wanted to do, he did an exit. He sold his company. So he made an exit. That's why you have to kind of an analyze, A, the profit, what's going on, and where is all the profit coming from? So it takes a few months to kind of gear up and shore up your company for profit. So you want to know where it's, where's the best place where profits are coming from and where you can get more of it. Is, is it through PPC and advertising? You can get more revenue or is it all of a sudden... All of a sudden, discovered, oh, reimbursement. So they did the whole pie chart and discovered that reimbursement is about 14%. Uh, so he made the exit, and that 14%, every dollar that in profit, he got a multiple. So for every dollar we got, it was worth like three, four, five dollars, whatever the multiple yeah. was, uh, which was very, very impactful for that seller. He made a nice exit. He sold his company to a public company, and it's all good. But what's interesting was that person that, that got that impact, that really positive impact, uh, once he cashed out his is uh his company he cashed out of it so he had two things that he had he had money he also had a lot of time in his hand but what's interesting with this carry with this person is that he was also very well connected in this environment he was very successful he built two successful companies that both of them sold to public companies first mm -hmm. of first one that i just told you is retail is amazon company the second was the prosper show you know the prosper show oh yeah i mean it's an amazing show. I mean, that was my first one this year, but for the next one, we already also got the booth there. So, <laughs> right. So that's like the most important show for the Amazon sellers, oh, that's yeah. like the benchmark show. That, so that's, that... how, that's how I heard it, right? Because we are in a community just for more, more than one year, and there's there's a couple of conf conferences around the world. But I was always asking 
for the number one show and every client of us said oh there's this one in uh, las vegas every year you should guys go there and it was like all right let's go and it was awesome show <laughs> yeah, so that person was the one of the co-founders of the show and he sold that show to a public company so now it's owned by a public company oh wow so so the person created two world-class uh, uh solutions uh, or, or uh, environments in the e-commerce space and amazon space that sold to public companies so uh that person today is our ceo of Gitira. <laughs> He's, he's one of That's the investors crazy. and CEO of Gitira. His name is Ethan Wiener. So, um, you know, the way we got to know him is that our first Prosper show, he came to meet and greet us. He's an Amazon seller. He created the Prosper show. He said, I'll try you guys out. He had a good impact, a good experience. I told you also about the experience with the exit. So once he had two exits and a lot of time and money in his hands, but all this experience in the e-commerce space, um, we, you know, the stars aligned and we got very lucky that and, and humbled that he was saying, you know, he, he, he saw the potential that he has to help other sellers all over the world, uh, like he did before with Prosper Show and other things. Uh, so yeah, today's the CEO, and that's one unique story that I would say that uh, from you know from helping sellers, how we create this adventure and journey together. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So Yoni, I have uh, one more question uh, actually for you regarding plans in the future, and um, I know it might be like maybe on a secret or the roadmap you may not share it. Maybe you you may. Um, especially recently um, I've noticed some trend also like on a, on a show so you can see it on a prospect show and other shows um, that for example Walmart is getting bigger and bigger their first uh, agencies coming up um, and with very similar mo business model as Amazon agencies right there's so much similarities uh, people are saying that Walmart right now is like Amazon in 2017 but just growing much faster because all of the schemes the are right basically now is, the is same. Like, yeah, so I would say <clears throat> the difference between Amazon and, and Walmart is, is like the difference between uh, eBay and Amazon in 2005. You know, like 2005, okay. eBay was dominating and Amazon was kind of up and coming in the background, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. That's what I think. Exactly. Historically, I'm not a historian, but yeah. 17 <laughs> so, so will be very, a big compliment for, um, for Walmart, but yeah. Oh yeah, so my question is basically regarding like Getida plans. Do you actually plan also to come up with something, some solution for Walmart or other marketplaces, or you just do a laser focus and stick only to Amazon? So it's a combination of things. Uh, looking into the future, um, we realized that okay, we 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 came to a certain level of success, and and, and it's very good. It's it's pretty pretty large, but we really uh, sincerely believe that it's really the 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 tip of tip of the iceberg. You know, we have tens of thousands of users, it's all good, but there's millions of sellers out there. So we have to catch up and, and, and try to help them all over the world. Mm -hmm. So we, we're doing pretty good in the United States, but in the past year, we're expanding into Europe and now that China is physically opening up. We're going to, you know, uh, open, it, open up the Asian and the, and, and the, the Chinese um, physical presence in, 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 in Asia and China uh, to make sure that we can help more sellers with this issue. And this issue alone, like I said, is constantly evolving and we, reckon, we recognize that. So... The only thing that doesn't change is change, and we are, you know, it, that's in our strategy to keep changing and, and modifying. So yeah, it's hyper focused in this niche, but uh, we already kind of prepared st strategically into the future uh, with a few elements. So in the past year, we have uh, private equity that joined us, and now so we're backed up strategically by private equity. So we have sister companies that do the same thing that we do. They get all this data, they audit it, and get other recoveries or cost reduction in other verticals. So we have with carriers like UPS, FedEx, stuff like that. If you have issues. We can get you refunds or, uh, or reduce mm -hmm. costs over there or telecommunications, waste management, um, uh, government and, and, and taxes. We have all these companies that kind of do what we do in other verticals. And today we're pretty much the largest group in the world focused on uh, business to business cost reduction and recoveries. 
Uh, so Gitira, we're specialists in our niche. We're the brain surgeon yeah. that goes deep and deep and deep into the future. And now with AI and all that stuff and all these other uh, uh, sister companies, they kind of, uh, they specialize in cardio, this and that, but they're all kind of specialists in their vertical. So strategically yeah. we're aligned to provide businesses all over the world with kind of what we do in many, many other verticals. And that is very powerful together. Uh, we have, you know, like you mentioned Walmart. Walmart is a client, for example. You know, so keep okay. that mind or Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> so we have, so with this uh, big corporation that we're in, um, uh, we have already strategic clients that, you know, we're part of a very unique ecosystem environment. Um, so we're comfortable on a strategic level, but also micro focus level. I think we're geared up. So we're looking forward to what, what the future brings. Awesome. That, that's very impressive. Thanks, Yoni. Thanks for, for joining the podcast. Uh, just for some last few words, could you share maybe how people can start using Getida? Where can they uh, register? And how can they find you? I mean, I see the big logo in the back, so it's not that hard to find you, but still. Yeah, so uh, what I do want to take a moment, maybe to maybe uh, present them a special offer. So uh, you can just visit okay. getira.com forward slash Delta Logic, right? Delta is D E L T O L O G I C G I C, right? Delta Logic. So, uh, and we'll get you, let's do a $400 offer, for example. Let's, uh, let's say, get you a $400 for free. So the first $400 we get awesome. free refunds. Well, free is not going to cost you anything. So it's a guarantee that you have $400 extra in your pocket just from taking your time and listening to this. After $400, if you want to leave us, you can leave. If you want to stay, you can stay. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. Yeah, you can find us there uh, with this offer. Or I'm very active at social media. Just uh, put Yoni Mazur on uh, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, pretty active there as well. Uh, happy to you know uh, be in contact and help in, in, in reimbursements or any other way. Just uh, happy to help always. Awesome. Thank you. I'll make sure to put everything also in the description of this video and a podcast so people can start using it. I mean, again, this podcast is growing, so I believe uh, there will be definitely some people using it. And if not now, then in the future. So, Yoni, it was awesome. Thank you for being here. And you will see each other soon. You got it. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Bye bye.